were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. I am your host, Space Urban 18, and today we are doing the final All the Other Ghosts podcast. Up chapters 27 through 30. We're going to wrap up the fic. It's been a long journey. I can't believe we've finally reached the end here. <laughs> but we've reached the end here, guys. It's we've crazy. reached the end. And I'm here, as always, with Bethany. Not that B. I always say Bay. I don't know. You're not my bae. Exactly. Not that bae. Um, not that bae. Yeah, I'm Bethany. Not that B. Not that B. Arthur. Because people always ask me what that means. That's what that means. Oh. I just thought it was like... <clears throat> yeah, I never told you that. No. So, um, I was starting a new job. And my nickname is B. Um, the person who I was introducing me was like... This is B, and the guy that she was introducing him to said, "Oh, like B Arthur," and I said, "No, not that B. I'm not cool enough." So they always call like me it. not that B. That's where it comes oh. from. Oh, well, that's really cool. We've learned something new today, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, uh, I just thought it was in general, not that B. Mm-mm. Um, so except or not that B, as I have it in my head, right, like, can't get rid of it. Yeah, you like know. to say. I do. Yeah. But anyway, we are jumping in here. We have got lots of things going on because we have reached now the climax of the story. And when you take out all the relationship stuff, this could have been like a six chapter story. Anyway. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. But also, Yikes. correct. Correct. But we love Curtin Blaine and, you know, we like working through the relationship issues. So 
So we are here. Everything that's come before it has led to this point. We are in the end game. Hey, we're in the end game. Um, we're in the end game now. No, this is more like, you know, Age of Ultron. Um, yeah. Because Grey is really end game. Um, except for nobody dies. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So let's just jump in. Um, we start now, uh, as before, Kurt has been hurt, and he's been kind of following, like, all the mobsters and been doing some kind of weird serial killer everything on the walls, trying to figure out who's making people into supers and where they're dumping bodies and all this other jazz, and he's been okay. following this for a while. And um, he's getting close to figuring it out, but he's still not healed, and... Mm-hmm. Um, we've got with the opening of chapter 27, we've got Rachel mm-hmm. who is like, I'm going out, I'm going to go do my scoop and I'm going to go find, I don't know what she's looking for. Why is she, do you remember why she's like looking for people at the she's dock? She's like, she's looking, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like she had been looking, she's basically, she's looking for her story. She's looking for people yes. who've seen supers, talked to supers, been rescued right. by supers. Like that's what she's. That's what her deal is. Yeah. And for anybody who's like, what do you mean? Have, did you just read this? I ha- I finished the fic a couple of months ago and took n- detailed notes on it, but I, I'm just bad with details. So uh-huh. I completely forgot. And I did not write that note down in my notes what she was actually doing. So, um, I mean, Rachel is talking to people on docks and like, they're like, and some people are like, get out of here, bitch. Right. Um, and, like, Curtis following her right. and just being, like, you're getting closer and closer to ground zero of where, like, bad things are happening because plot, which cracks me up. I mean, this is just a, I'm not even, there's no criticism here when I say this, that that's just what happens. Like, you know, you, you make the plot, to make the plot work, sometimes you just kind of, like, push your characters in this direction. Right. Like, how mm-hmm. convenient that Rachel ends up at the same dock that they're making super as well because plot. Um, and, I mean, and, in her defense, I think, um, I think she's been setting Rachel up for that the whole, yes, uh, um, the whole story that she's been getting closer and closer and closer. And so now she's at the docks because she's been getting closer and closer and closer. Right. And I will say one thing I appreciate about Rain Joy's writing, cause I feel like I've been down on her and the last couple podcasts um is that she does do this long game setup stuff um i think a lot of the stuff i do think she had the idea of the entire fic planned out she just kind of like you know meandered through the relationship Mm -hmm. stuff before getting here so she's like okay i want to tackle this subject and this subject and this subject and this subject and then you know getting to whatever but this the the who is turning people into superheroes thing has been a the plot line that really has been a thread throughout if you watch there's lots of little things that set up this ending portion of it right um so Kurt kind of figures out, like, he, he's like, can I, should I call Finn? No, I shouldn't call Finn. Should I call, whereas Blaine's not answering his phone, that mm-hmm. becomes a thing. Um, so he finally steps in as the ghost um, to save her. And I don't remember, did he bring his costume? Was he yeah, in his... he must okay. have been. He must have been because he's in his ghost costume through the whole ending of this. So okay. I'm pretty sure he was. I um, just went as ghost. Yeah, I like, think he did. 
I feel like I was confused about that. Like at first, I thought he went as Kurt, but then he I was did the ghost. too. But he's ghost. Yeah, I well, I don't know. Sometimes she's so vague about certain things, right? That yeah. you just have to so, anyway. fill in your own blanks. Yep, exactly. Um, he's also in a lot of pain because he had broken his ribs and they're still not fully healed. And right. of course, Rachel is being Rachel and just like thinking she doesn't need help. Um, uh, yeah, because even as she thanks him for saving her, because these three guys kind of like, I don't know what they were going to do. They were shooting at them, though. And mm-hmm. um, she, they, he ends up taking her to a warehouse and she still yells at him. Um, Kurt can't doesn't reply because he's not functioning in a while. And I'm surprised like he would, she would recognize his voice. Yeah, she would. Um, I mean, she's going to figure out who he is anyway, but right. But she has to help him. Ghost tries to bring her out, but there's some dudes making it difficult to get out of the warehouse. And just as they're almost there, his powers, his powers stop working. Right. Big problem. It's a huge problem. There's we've been foreshadowed for, well, this was because, isn't that, it's not because of him, though. It's because there's another super there that, can, it's, oh. Will, oh, it's Will, cancel, Will's power is canceling out other people's powers. Oh, okay. I was yeah. under the impression that, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. That's, That's right. the next one. Gray is where yeah. he stops. Yeah. Yes. Um. So they're caught and the dude injects them with something before he passes out. So, yeah. Um. Spoiler alert. But we are at the end. The Will, Will Schuster, everybody's favorite teacher, mm-hmm. um, is the one who has been <sighs> doing things. And his power, he's been working for the Mata family. Um, his power is canceling out. And there's always, I mean, there's somebody like that in the X-Men. There's mm-hmm. multiple times. There's always the one person who you can't get close to or they cancel out the powers. Right. So... Okay, so, meanwhile, Blaine is at the vigil in a moment of silence, um, and why does he not have his phone on him? I don't understand why he doesn't have his phone. Does he not have it on him, or does he just not have it on? No, he left it at home. He purposely okay. makes, in the previous chapter, he perfect, he makes the decision to leave it, because he just wants to sneak out, go to this vigil, and then come back. And mm. it's a private thing. I get that, like, he wants to be... Alone, just because he wants to be able to appreciate Kurt with these people in a way that he doesn't feel Kurt can understand. Mm-hmm. It's one of the one thing. It's not that he's keeping it from Kurt. It's just that there are sometimes that you, there are some things that even your partner may not fully understand that you need to yeah. experience. So I get that, but still, take your phone. Right. Guys. You learn anything from this? Always have your phone on you always if you have can. Because you never know when you may need it. You right. never know when your boyfriend is going to be kidnapped by evil supervillains. Okay? So take your phone. <laughs> always take <laughs> or your girlfriend. phone. I mean, always take your phone in general. Like, you never know whenever you're going to need to call yeah. somebody because you got a flat tire or... Yeah, exactly. You know, just always have your phone. That's that's the whole purpose of them. Yep. And don't make it a plot device, guys. Anyway. Correct. Uh, when he gets home, he's met with all the missed calls from Kurt, not being able to reach him, and or Rachel. He and he starts freaking out because he's like, I can't get to him. So he starts to go out, and he's completely frustrated because he doesn't even know what to do. Right. Um, and it's the I, he thinks of the irony of looking for Kurt, who has become a real ghost out there. Um, so yeah, 
that's that's it gets scary guys it's so scary. Uh, Kurt wakes up and he's unsure of himself. He's locked up with Rachel and they've moved to another location. Um, Rachel knows who he is now and he's no, she's not happy about it. She's just right. Yelled. No, she's pissed. Oh my goodness. She mad. Um, and she she thinks she's the last to know. I mean, I guess she technically kind of is within the circle. Um, yes. And she. Most yeah. Cooper doesn't know yet. Yeah, Cooper doesn't know. Fair. Yeah, Cooper doesn't. Um, so she's not the final person and it's not like their circle is very big either. I mean, right. <laughs> um, but she feels stupid uh, about it and Kurt tries to get them up, but they're trapped uh, or sorry, they're zapped. If there's less pressure meaning that like, I think they're in this container thing. Yes. This is so confusing because they're up high. I think too. Well, um, I think. They're lofted up. I think it's like they're in like a like a shipping container kind of thing, and then it's yeah. up. It's yeah. Like, I don't think it's hanging, but it's like been put up high. Yeah, it's really kind of weirdly worded, though. Yeah, I, like yes. So, um, anyway, they're in this container. They can't ghost out. He can't ghost out. Um, they're in handcuffs, and he still doesn't have his powers, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe they are they because it says <clears throat> he's zapped if there's less pressure with the handcuffs, meaning he can't ghost out. Right. So maybe he does have his maybe Will is far enough away at the moment. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, we'll I figure this out as we go on. Right. Because Will isn't there and these oh, they're waiting for the Mata guy to come back. Okay, mm-hmm. that I was like, who are they waiting for to come back? But it's they're not Will. For, no. Um, he's, he's also worked out that there's somebody with dampening powers and he starts to panic. Um, not only is he going to die, it's a trap for Blaine as well. And if Blaine comes, he's going to get killed as well. And that's on Kurt and Kurt just can't, that's on me. If you die, that's on me. Um, and Kurt can't deal with that. And he just starts to freak out. It doesn't help that Rachel's like berating at him during this like downward spiral. Um, and it's so, this is so funny to me because Kurt says he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't have experience being rescued, um, which is funny in all of that conversations that we've had about Kurt being female coded and usually the one that has this heteronormative female role. He is the one getting rescued here. Um, but yeah, for the most part, he hasn't, he hasn't really been rescued. Um no. Not much, no, has he? He's usually the one doing the rescuing. Yeah, and this is one of those times where I don't feel, as much as you can make the case, like, okay, well, Kurt's, you know, the one that has to be rescued here. It's another female stereotypical thing, and I don't feel it necessarily here. Mm -hmm. I think this is a natural, uh, you know, an organic way the plot goes based on the characters and based on, I mean, you do take the person that, this is like, you know... If it's Batman and Robin and Batman gets kidnapped, you know, mm. Robin has to come in and save the day because Batman is the more experienced one and he's not usually the one getting rescued. So. Right. So. Okay. So. Um, conveniently, Blaine is running up and down the piers because he knows that, like, Helios knows what Kurt's been looking for and he conveniently another cl- plot thing that just cracks me up runs into Sam literally like Sam like 
runs right into him. <laughs> uh, well, Sam kind of, kind of Sam kind of runs into him, but um, Sam is getting the heck out of there because Blaine. Sam knows what's going on and he doesn't like it. And Blaine doesn't trust Sam at all. But Blaine, ex- sorry, Sam explains the plan that's going on with Kurt, which is that they're going to siphon Kurt's powers and use them for something else. And mm-hmm. that he wants out of the mob. He did it only to help his family, but he doesn't want to be a criminal. And he also mentions the guy who can dampen people's powers. And of course, Blaine begins to freak out on Kurt's behalf, knowing how hard Kurt is taking it, not having his powers. And Sam is being logical, and he explains they're going to need a plan if they want to save Kurt. Because Lynn's like, Calvary, let's go, let's do this. And, and Sam's like, no, right. no, 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 let's not do that. Um, we're not going to survive this. So Blaine realizes that there are people he can call because he has Iborg. This is where I oh, get right. excited. Because it's so superhero-y yes. and ridiculous. Um, so he's like, okay, and this... I feel like this part took forever to get Blaine to this point. But anyway, Blaine realizes he can call Iborg and hopefully the bad guys can just wait a little bit longer um, before they start transferring Kurt's powers and um, make someone else the ultimate criminal. Luckily, the boss, the head of the Mata family, is out until the next morning. So, And he wants to be there for this. So they have mm-hmm. one night to figure everything out. Um, so Blaine can't imagine life going on without Kurt. So it's gonna have to work. It's just gonna, yeah, it's gonna have to work. Pretty much. Um, yeah, there's but no, it's, there's no plan B. No plan B. We're doing this for that net, guys. But this is the fun part of it. This is like this now that the plot's getting in gear and there's tension and there's action happening and there's actual stakes going on. I, I feel like this story, whenever it has real stakes to it, it gets really good. Whenever the tension feels really real, it's really good. Yeah. So, we're back over with Kurt. I almost said Kate. I don't know where that came from. With Kurt. Um, And he's feeling a sense of he's never going to see Blaine again. And he's never going to see all the other people that he loves. He knows whatever's in store with him is worse than usual. Because Mm -hmm. he's a gay man who stopped them before. And it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mm -hmm. Kurt gets introspective about the life that he's lived. This is kind of like the flashback. And then you look at the movie that happened before and you're like, this is the journey you've been on. And and, I mean, it's really sweet. I'm it's, it's also like, you know, this is what happens in all the movies. And then he thinks about Blaine and then, you know, what do you do when your heart remembers what it's there for someone Mm -hmm. to make him solid. And that's the nice, that is, this is the whole emotional climax here in that mm-hmm. Kurt was like falling back into his old thinking and the numbness and how he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, he can't go on because he's just so weak and et cetera, et cetera. And then he thinks of all of the experiences that he's had with Blaine and with the growth and, and becoming a whole person and a solid person. And he's like, you know what? We're, we're just not going to, you know, they're getting out of there. It's just what we're going to do. And Kurt for- right. begins to form a plan about who- how he'll ghost him out of there. But it's incredibly risky just as he's about to take Rachel and go. And someone goes. So he's going to just get Rachel, get out of there. But then they're stopped. And it's chapter 28. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So we are back with our fandom um, people. Um. So Jaraxi recounts her time at the vigil and how she feels better now that she's gone and connected with all the other people. And because she was feeling, you know, 
uh, just disconnected. And right. after having an experience where she's actually been with the superheroes, she feels just outside of it a bit. But now that she's been with it, she remembers like, you know, these people are my circle. And just because of this experience doesn't make me different. I'm still that person. Right. I don't know if that made any sense. It but. does. It doesn't. It makes a lot of sense, actually. It's, And I really, um, <clears throat> especially as we get into gray, but like, um, the, the whole fandom side of it is just super interesting. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I really think makes this fix so, um, attractive to so many people, because you can connect with it in such a way that you can't, right. that a lot of other fix don't have. And so, I mean, this part especially, but as we get into gray, it just gets even more and just more enjoyable, the fandom side of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, there is a, I have a tiny detail appreciation. They do mention the trans kid from the Christmas mm-hmm. episode. I know I said episode. It feels like an episode. Um, where his boyfriend's friend and boyfriend, it does not really clear. And his sister and mm-hmm. Santa hat um, are there. In the, with, yeah. at the vigil and there's a lot of little details like that one in there so it's really kind of sweet mm-hmm. um Draxy wishes that Kurt and Blaine knew about it or Ghost and Phalanx know they didn't know Phalanx is standing there watching them um, right. so they know why was I, one of the comments is why wasn't Pugzilla there because he tried to murder <laughs> he tried to murder them you nutcake nutcake <laughs> right Oh man, I should call nut people nutcakes in fandom more often. Um, next you time sure. I get a snotty nani, I'm gonna call them a nutcake. Um, the other thing is, I just want to clarify something that I think I mixed up. Um, hold on, my cat is like fighting air, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, um, uh, well, she's like clawing at the couch, and I'm like, what are you doing? Zelda. What are you doing? I don't know. She's fine. Okay. Um, one thing that I think I got mixed up earlier, I think I may have had Black Bindings and Ghostly mixed up in there. That right here, it explicitly states that Black Binding is a teenager and then Ghostly is the older one. And I had that, I thought I had that mixed up. I thought that Black Bindings was the older one and Ghostly was the teenager, but no. So. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that it was mixed up, but I also don't remember that it wasn't either. So. Okay. You know. So, Black Bindings gets a strange package for Draxy, which is hilarious because Black Bindings is in England and Draxy is in New York. And she's like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Ghostly, I got this for for Draxy. And what it is, we'll find out. It's a package from Kurt. And he didn't, he could find Black Bindings' um, address, uh, but he couldn't find. he couldn't Draxy. find Draxy because you shouldn't. You should not be able to like if no. you Google Space Orphan, you probably should not be able to find my actual address. Um, I'll have to try that myself just to make sure that that doesn't work. I actually but, you hmm, now it might be different because I've linked my Instagram to my Tumblr, but uh, I used to, like take great pride in that you could not find me anywhere. Like. I had That's I had a good. completely different email for everything. Like you just couldn't find me. Yeah, I don't. Last time I checked, you I'm couldn't. Sure. But I don't have anything connected to my Tumblr. But um, 
on my Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody even really knows that I have a Twitter. I don't usually use Twitter. So anyway, um, just be careful, guys. You never know who can be lurking on the internet, and it's a real thing. So just be careful with your personal information. Okay. So back with the Kurtz. Um, we have Sugar Mata as a rival as Ghostette. Remember Ghostette from Fandom? Mm-hmm. She's there um, chattering away about her blog and how Kurt was mean to her daddy. And let's plan her to turn her into the ghost and unmask Kurt on camera. Because that's fun. Um, right. I, this is cracks me up. Kurt gives a lecture about how bad the Matas are and how she doesn't seem to care and she only cares about the ghost powers. And I'm like, why is he trying to reason with her? Why is he trying to reason with any of them? They're not... Like, I feel like in extreme stereotypes, there are two categories. There are the, you know, crimes that commit, are committed with passion, and you can talk to them, and you can reason with them. And then you get the genuine psychopathic, like, you're not going to be able to reason with them. Like, right. why? Like, save yourself. Be careful, do what you can with yourself and take these people down. But mm-hmm. just talking to them is not going to magically change their mind. Right. It's like going to like ISIS or something and be like, you know, we should be good. They're going to shoot you in the face. Right. Okay. So, anyway, so they begin to experiment on Kurt. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile. Um, Sam tries to t- small talk with Blaine while they wait for the other superheroes. How did he get his powers? Um, everything will be okay with Kurt. Here, have some food. Sam's very sweet in this mm-hmm. and trying to be very good with Blaine. Blaine's just a you know manic mess, but right because um, he still blames himself for not being there. Yeah, you should have had your phone, dude. I mean, yeah, not really, but I mean, you know, the thing though is if Blaine hadn't. You know, if Blaine was with Kurt at the time, he'd still be with the same position that Kurt is, and he may not have been able to, you know. So, so it's, oh, sometimes these things work out. (sighs) And then Iborg finally shows up, and there's this hilarious tidbit in here how he was dumped by his female sidekick who thought he was a jerk. And I, it's slightly alluded that that might have been Lauren. Oh, I always thought it was Brittany. No, because Brittany is, no. Because it was in Chicago. Oh, you're right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, because Brittany never left Santana, so I don't, I think it was. Well, I thought it was a callback to the season one of Glee whenever Artie was with Brittany and then she left him. Season two. That's what I, yeah. And she left him because he was a jerk and then she got with Santana. Now, she was with Santana a little bit during the whole Artie thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe. calling too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. Right. Not there in the comments, but in the comments below. In the comments below, because we're a YouTube channel. No, okay. Right. Um, so Sue pops up. Sue, and I make this note a little bit farther down. Sue is freaking Nick Fury. Yes. Um, <laughs> Give her Sue an iPad. Pop- She's Nick Fury. She might have an iPad. It never doesn't say that she doesn't have right. one. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> she states that the government has had a lot of interest in the ghost and phalanx and want to help out. It alludes to the Matas. This is a cool thing. She alludes that the Matas are cheap mods, no mobsters when dealing with a scale that she works on, meaning that there's like this bigger, higher power stuff going on. Um, they don't really go into it in ghosts, but you know, 
I feel like this was being written about, this was between three and four, and this was around the time Avengers would have come out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is around when the Avengers really started to take off. So this right. feels like a little bit, well, it's a mix between this and Suicide Squad, which, yeah, you know, um, the rest of the team comes out. Quinn is introduced for the first time. And oh gosh, what's her name? Um, she's psychic. Um, Psyche, I think, is her name. Puck is at there, who respects the ghosts now and is good. Brittany and Santana. Blaine freaks out because they're the rescue team and there's a bunch of villains. And he, she's like, why? So it's like mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad. If the Suicide Squad's, if the Suicide Squad were the Avengers. Um, so Sue is on the nose and perfect and she's hilariously logical about the ghost and then makes Sam tell her everything. Um, Cause she, she knows these characters. She knows people. She can profile them. She knows, she just knows them. She's been around long enough that she understands the way the world works. So, right. Yeah. Okay. The guards are pretty brutal to Kurt and Rachel as they're escorted to the library. The library. Yeah. Laboratory. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, when Kurt verbally gives it to them, they begin to threaten Rachel. Um, yes. The scientist comes in, and for the first time, Kurt's really scared because he should be because it's well shoe start. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Will Schuster is just a deadbeat. He doesn't care about yes. Kurt. He doesn't really care what he's going to do. I don't know if they ever explain why he got this way, but he's... It's it, it, funny. Kurt says that it really reminds Kurt that he is a ghost, someone who doesn't really exist. And he's kind of weird how dead inside Will is. It's so, like... Will is like a freaking zombie during all yeah. of this. I... And, you know, if you... If you take that age-old adage about how if you take Glee away, where people are, I could see Will being like this, like remember yeah. in um, yes, because uh, when he's a Terry episode, yeah, yes, he, and he's like an alcoholic and all this kind of stuff. Like, I could see it. I could see him being zombie esque. Yeah, I think Glee saved Will's life more than it saved all the other. Kids. I agree. Um, I agree because Will was, you know, he was older. He didn't have the he didn't have the drive to change a whole lot about himself. Like when you're younger, right. and this is this is really a, a little bit ageist because I don't I don't necessarily believe that when you're older you don't you can't or won't change yourself. I just feel mm-hmm. like the the drive isn't as strong as when you're a younger teenager. Well, you, you get want... used to your routine. You get used yeah. to being in even when you're in a rut. You get you don't have as many opportunities because with school you get out of high school and you go to college and then you right. get out of college and go to a new place. But once you've settled into your thirties, if you aren't careful you can become complacent about your life for good or for worse and yeah so um but you know making what i think it is a nice twist that they made will the ultimate bad guy because how long have we joked about will just being the worst yes and it's range joy understands that so right right. all right so finn shows up because blaine's called him too and sue isn't thrilled about it but blaine's like you know what we're going to have him. I want somebody right. that is actually not a villain on this mission. And um, he also doesn't have powers. 
So whatever's going on with the like dampening of powers, he's trained, you know, to to be a police officer and stuff like that. Correct. So, he has um, actual training that doesn't rely on yeah. powers. Just FYI, Artie is hilarious in the scene because he's one of those. You, know, you ever watch The Good Place and with Janet? And yeah. they're like, Janet, you're a wonderful girl. And she's like, not a girl. Um, like, that's what Artie is doing during this whole thing. Not an ex-con. Not a robot. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah. Sue's plan is basically to barge in. Great plan, Sue. And <laughs> um, she also called Blaine the boy whose height is doubled by his hair. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> I read that in on a note and in the thick and laugh both. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It was pretty hilarious. Sue is, de- you know, as much as I complain about her characterization, Rainjoy's characterization, and a lot of these people, Sue is just perfect. Dead on. Yeah. Just perfect. All the best parts of Sue's character without the nastiness. Right. Exactly. And I, w- I mean, this Sue is amazing. Nick yeah. Fury Sue is, is, I wish we had had Nick Fury Sue over at like, Bitchy Sue. She's still very harsh and she's still very direct. But she's yeah. not. She's very, she's almost, I think, not that it's hard to gauge how she was on this show, but this Sue is very smart. And I, I, yes. I just appreciate when characters are smart. Mm-hmm. So, Blaine's freaking out about the plan um, because it's ridiculous. And also, he just wants to get to Kurt. And at this right. point, like six ex cons and a half robot and two will have to do. Um, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we're into chapter 29. I told you guys, it's all plot here. Yeah. Um, it really is. So 29 is the big climax. Cause 30 is kind of the epilogue. Um, Kurt gets in a philosophical argument with what's fair and what isn't and who is privileged and who isn't. And it's just whatever. Arguing with Will is not, Gonna get right. you anywhere. It's not um, that it's not interesting. It's just like, where is this gonna like, take you? Like, yeah, it's like it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. He makes some really mm-hmm. good points, but it almost like it's it's not worth it because it falls on deaf ears. Exactly, isn't gonna be changed by it. No, and it's more for the audience than yes. it is for Will. Um, Kurt doesn't understand how one human can sort of deeply hurt another, and he tries to humanize himself at will to possibly reach his will's humanity. Um, and there is some truth in, like, you know, with some bigotry stuff, if you've never met a black person or a gay person or whoever, and you're like, I hate all these people, and when you get to know one you know, one of them, I say as if, like, right. in my hypothetical situation, you know, you, you start to realize that these are people too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what Kurt's trying to do. Except for Kurt, oh, not Kurt. Will is so far freaking gone. It just, he's just on. Yeah, it just falls on deaf ears. I also wonder if Will is like drugged up here because he's I think so. so. Maniacal. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong. He's, but it's not even maniacal. That, that kind of like suggests that he has some kind of like personality to him but he's mm-hmm. not he's like a zombie completely mm-hmm. like yep i'm doing this um will goes on about the process about needing kurt's blood so they can get he's almost like mr sinister from the x-men doing genetic mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and discussing mutant evolution and stuff like that it's really kind of weird in fact a lot of this ending part reminds me a lot of the plot of x-men the first movie um 
So then Kurt begins to have a panic attack due to his own vulnerability and hopelessness. Um, it's a mirror of when Blaine had him surrounded by all of those shields. And he thinks that mm-hmm. about how Blaine... He thinks about Blaine to calm himself down, thinking about how much he was loved and how he loved before possible death. And he and Rachel share a moment before Will is ready to finally do the experiment. Mm-hmm. And then the cavalry arrives and all the superheroes break in and it's mass craziness. It really, I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what happens. There's a lot of action a lot of punching, a lot of running around, a lot of screaming. I don't think it actually takes all that long, though, which is kind of funny. No. Like, all of this build-up and all this build-up and then the action sequences. They came in and they <laughs> took people down. We're heroes! Yay! It's kind of a hard thing to do because the tension is so much in the build-up. Mm-hmm. And then there's always so many things to explore to do a really good action sequence. There you should watch Endgame because that ending action sequence was perfection. Oh, so good. So good. The way it's not needless action. Everything has kind of this driving forward momentum. They get all the superheroes mm-hmm. there and they all get a little bit to shine just that's a it's a great great movie guys if you've not seen endgame you may be like one of the five people that haven't but (laughs) anyway worth it but worth it it's worth it if you've watched all the 22 movies beforehand too i think it's more emotionally satisfying Mm. um so um kurt reflects on how he's a survivor afterwards sam is able to take will out with the help of iborg and then finn arrives as backup kurt and blaine have their reunion and Kurt feels alive again. Mm-hmm. And I, it's really sad. I don't. I remember a lot of like little things about this. I don't remember the reunion. I don't think it's a very big thing. It's kind of a smaller like grasping right. onto each other thing. And Kurt feels alive again. Um, he's also very confused why half the villains are appear to be heroes now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh, Blaine, I miss you. I love you. One time. Wait a minute. Why is Pugzilla here? Right. <laughs> um, before Will's knocked unconscious by Puck, he sticks sugar with Kurt's blood. Um, and that becomes a problem because she starts to fall through the floor. And mm-hmm. Kurt goes in after her, getting her solid again before they hit the basement. And then Kurt passes out there is an interesting thing as they're thinking though about how he starts to think about sugar and what will happen if she has his powers permanently and um just kind of it's a longer sequence of her them falling to the floor and him kind of it really is you're right yeah um but it's okay because she's gonna get over it so all right, so then we have Kurt waking up in a hospital-like place, but it's really run by Sue and her people. Hilariously, she tells him B is all right, Blaine is all right, and calls him Kurt or Blaine, Blaine, an attention-needy puppy, <laughs> which he is. Uh, I think she's talking about Blaine. Blaine, but... yeah, that sounds like Blaine. Because um, basically, I'm pretty sure like all of her people like that looks like Kurt heel, and Blaine's like, I need to see him, I need to see him, I need to see him, I need to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sue is able to give him a little background info. Um, his identity is safe, but they do know what it is. Sugar is fine, and hopefully the powers will wear out quickly. The government is totally interested in superheroes, and she's the, this is where I said in my notes that she's the Nick Fury of the operation, but it's all hush hush. Yeah. Will mm-hmm. was an agent, but he went rogue to figure out his own power. The government do any ex- didn't do any experiments without consent. That was all Will. So, um, 
that's so fascinating that Will was an actual, you know, agent of whatever government thing this is. Like shield makes sense if you take him Mm -hmm. back to the Glebe universe. He actually was a teacher, a pretty decent one. But as time went on, he, you know, wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. You know, the show in the beginning didn't portray him as a bad teacher. Only as the show went on, he got more interested in Glebe than he was in teaching. Did it really? Yeah. I mean, I would kind of argue that he wasn't great at the beginning because no. he only did focus on like Rachel and Finn, but um, and he but was kind I of still, clueless, but he wasn't bad, bad the way he no. gets to be. But I've more meant like as far as teaching in regular school, like I remember oh, yeah. in the first episode, he's speaking oh, Spanish. Yeah. He's speaking Spanish to the kids. And then you get to the Spanish teacher and he doesn't, he has to look up everything because he doesn't know what to say. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's quote unquote bad writing or if it's justification meets the ends. I don't know. Or if it's an actual plot point that he was good, but then he got interested in something else and let his teaching career fall by the wayside. Probably you know, an argument could be everything. made for any of them. I yeah, they hurry be they just mm, whatever. We've yeah. discussed it in all the other podcasts. So right. Right. Go back and listen to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, so here um the government was not responsible for this. Mm-hmm. Will was the one that kind of went out on his own and started doing all the bad things and got himself involved in the Mata family, who probably they probably funded his scientific experiments and i think mm-hmm. the more that he failed at creating a superhero because what would happen is that they created these superheroes some of them got away like puck and mm-hmm. sam i think and then other uh, others of them when it didn't work they just killed him and that's why all yeah. the bodies were it's kind of dark when you mm-hmm. when you think about that um, Sue tries to recruit him for, to work for the government, which Kurt is not okay with, despite Kurt, yeah. despite Sue telling him it'd be to his benefit. But more so, she wants to whip up a super team in shape because they desperately need help. Yeah. Um, this is all set up for the Avengers. Um, no. If <laughs> Gray. Um, but Kurt's first instinct is to be against it, and then he thinks of Blaine and the fact that his worldview has been shifted into a wider lens. And he can't be as single-minded as he used to be. There's a big, bigger stage going on around him. This so reeks of the end of Iron Man. Yes. When, when Nick Fury is like, you are not the, do you think you're the only superpowered being, you know, the world's a lot bigger. It's totally a Nick Fury moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kurt's going to need some time to think. Um and they can get to him if they need anything, contact Finn, and then Finn will talk to him. Sue also asks about strengths and weaknesses, and Kurt's not like, no, we're not doing that. <coughs> Which she thinks she's actually, she respects him for a lot of his, yeah. Sue, we're going to find out, is actually an ally. Even mm-hmm. though she's not going to seem like it, especially if they're gray, she really is. She's smart, and she's an ally. Um, as she leaves, Blaine wakes up and f- informs him that Mike is now wakes up. What? I don't know what I wrote. Okay. Um, or comes back in. I don't know. Informs him that Mike is now in Sue's circle. And, you know, because it's it, Sue is Mike and Sue will have some of the same viewpoints where they need to be where Kurt and Blaine need to be safer. 
Um, Kurt and Blaine have a lot to catch up on, and more so reassurance that they deeply cared for each other. Um, the unsurance of whether or not they trust Sue and the team, but for now, they both need to rest, and the world suddenly became a bigger place. Yeah. So, everything's over. Um, it leaves it open, because Grey, because Grey's, Grey will end. Grey's definitely has a, a def- definitive, this is the end of the story, but this is open yes. to, I have ideas for, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she, because she started writing Grey fairly quickly after finishing this one, so I'm mm-hmm. sure she knew exactly what she wanted to do. Right. And there's a okay. lot of setup for Grey in, in yeah. the whole I feel like Grey was the story she really wanted to tell, but all the other ghosts is the one that she kind of had to write first. Yeah. That makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we get to chapter 30, which is our last. It's our last one, guys. Last chapter. Little epilogue chapter. A little epilogue chapter with a little vignette. So, a lot of these things are really tiny. We're going to go through them kind of quickly because there's not much there but okay so we start off we at fandom missing the ghosts because it has been a very long time but mm-hmm. also noticing that Puxilla is now a good person what is going on what is going on with this um then we have kurt in the hospital mark warns them to stay put for their health and they they lament that nobody trusts them well of course they don't fandom again um black bindings does an update and everybody freaks out hmm <laughs> Because that is a thing I've seen, really, too. Yes. Because like, somebody updates a fic and people are like, ah! Right. I remember when one fic was coming out in between, um, I want to say season three and season four. And it was like, we were like running to read that fic. What was it? Do you, I don't know. It was Near Misses. Was it Near Misses? You mm-hmm. did that regularly, though. So she did. One. She did. It was a. It was a. Well, it was. I thought she had it done. I thought it was. It done was done, but it wasn't like. Um, she would didn't post on the, the same time all the time. Like she would like post, oh. and then she would like wait, uh, several days. But it wasn't the same time every every time. There's one fic, and I don't remember the title of it, that has been, it's still updates, but it's very, 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 very slow. And people really love it. I think it's the definition. Is that the one? But anyway, there's it's it comes out like once a year or something. Uh-huh. And people just are like, oh my God, it's a new update. And they, they freak out. And it's kind of funny. So I don't, I've never read that one, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, Bert arrives from oh the other one was um, the one that I kind of claimed did was always like whenever she updated that oh, someone yeah. like you that ended someone up she like ended you. up redoing for her um, for the interlude press thing when that mm-hmm. updated people would freak out too. I um, so anyway, back to this one. Uh, Bert would arrive from Ohio and Kurt's very emotional because he thought he'd never see Bert again and they have a nice little father son moment there. Yeah. All right, fandom is lamenting that there are more. This is so fast. This I think is fascinating. Fandom is lament. You know, there's now more phalanx sites than ghost ones. How weird that he haunts more when he's not around. Like right. the things. I, I think this is fascinating to me because things change. Like yes, ghost was the first one, and he's the big one, and et cetera, et cetera. But this feels a lot like actual Glee fandom, because Blaine came in, and now mm-hmm. I think there are more 
people who are standing Blaine and Darren Chris fans and whatever, then Chris Chris kind of isn't around anymore. Right. And it's so weird. It is weird. So, yeah. All right. Um, Kurt talks to his boss, Sophie, and things will get strained out at work. Just a little mm-hmm. wrap up there. Um, another fandom where Blaine... Blaine Black Binding sends the package to Draxy after being saying, you know what, it's okay. And so we're like, what is this package? All right. Blaine gets home. He hears a thump and worries to find that Kurt is upset over a TV show. <laughs> and they'll make a fanboy out of him yet, which is funny. It's a funny little moment. Um, in fandom, uh, Ghost, it is the Ghost's letter to Draxy, where Ghost had actually taken the time to write a thank you letter to Draxy. Um you know, congratulates her on a wedding, on her upcoming wedding. Deepest thanks. He can't share anything else because he doesn't want her to be in, you know, in danger. Mm-hmm. But it's really just a way. It's also a final way to connect. You finally have the ghost talking mm-hmm. to the fandom. Right. At the very end of this, you, I mean, the beginning, you have Blaine being immersed and being the fandom. Now, this is finally, after all of these chapters, you get a full circle moment. Um, again, this is where I know Rain Joy has her training in some kind of literature or something because she's very good at these the structure of things and very good mm-hmm. at bringing things around and very good at like she she didn't have ghosts interacting with fandom until this very end part, which is really very cool to see. Mm-hmm. So um, then we have Rachel flouncing in with her new story, how I stop how I learned to stop worrying and love the ghost. Yeah, um, which is a take on the film "How I Stopped," uh, "How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb." It's an old '60s film. Is it? Um, and she and Kurt have a very sweet moment, and they're connected BFFs again. Yay! Mm. Um, fan- this cracks me up too because uh, of all the things that people have raised money for over the years, I don't think anybody's raised money for a wedding. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure people have gotten married throughout the years. But anyway, they all raise money for Draxley's wedding, which is sweet. But I don't know if I would like. I've heard people about like I need front money or I I'm like needing to get out of this you know abusive place That's or whatever situation, right? Mm-hmm. But I've never had any. You know, I don't know how many of us would donate for an actual like over the top wedding. Um, not that I don't love y'all. I, don't I just know. don't have any money. At the height of fandom, it, it, it might have happened. Or it could have happened. I don't know if it, I don't think it did either, but yeah. it could have. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then the um, Kurt and Blaine go on a double date with Mike and Tina. And mm-hmm. Tina's art, we find, is all ghost-inspired. Yes. That's very sweet. It is. Uh, fandom. I don't remember exactly what this is. My note is just I thought this was a phase, <laughs> which is kind of funny when you get like into fandom and you're like, wait a minute, I thought I was just gonna be, you know, just this moment in time, and then you were like, I'm fully immersed in this and I can't get out of it. Um. Okay. So then we have uh, something that works for Rain Joy more effectively. She has a dialogue only sex scene, and I I mm-hmm. think that works for me personally. Um, it's the only than... way I've ever been able to write sex. In in all honesty, it it works. I it I can't do it the other way. It's so I'm like, I know this is out of left field, but I can't write. When I write sex scenes, they have to be dialogue only. 
Makes sense. It's very effective too. I mean, you you can understand what's going on without needing mm-hmm. to read it, and it's all between the lines, and it's very cool. Right. So, um, there's another fandom update from Phalanx that the ghost is fine, but what does that mean? We want right. to know. Explain to us. Um, ghost reminds everyone that secret identities are ghostly. The fan person reminds mm-hmm. everyone that secret identities are secret. What was that? A car just drove by. It was just like... I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It was just weird. Anyway. um, All right. So, Kurt comes back from yoga. Healing is rocky, but it is happening. Fandom then celebrates Draxy's wedding. Yay, Draxy. Um, And then, finally, Ghost is first night back on the job. Rachel's now intrusive for a scoop and they shut her down like stop. Uh, Phalanx is watching out for him. Blaine's glad he's back but it's not like he was that gone. He was gone. They're always there for each other. And then fandom realizes that the ghost is back and there's major shock and celebration and key smashing and all of that jazz. And then here at the end of the story uh, Kurt and Blaine are at Pride coming close to a year since the story started which is also a nice like structure for the story right. and Phalanx gets a moment to show off the ghost to the crowd and there's an applaud before ghost whisks them away mm-hmm. and the funniest thing is that because they're at they're at pride and they're like hey guys we're here you know and then all they all it seems like it, it, it reminds me of like an 80s the end of an 80s film where they run yes. off and they make it to um they make it to the top of this building and they're like, ha, and then they jump off and fly away, away from the camera and into the sunset. And there's like a freeze frame and the cheesy music starts for the credits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Joe Apatow raises his fist up. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's not. It's um, Judd Nelson. No, it is Judd Nelson. You're right. Yeah. Because Judd Apatow was not probably even born then. Probably um, not. <laughs> <laughs> he may be met, like a little kid. Wrong first, right first name, wrong last wrong name. Wrong last name. Uh, yeah. And it, I mean, like the epilogue really, even though we went through fast, but uh, it really does wrap up everything. It really does mm-hmm. touch points to everybody that was major. It does bring out that, you know, the ghost is back on his feet again. Yeah. And it's got this kind of really fun, happy, light ending in the way this kind of, it's interesting because I feel like Gray will have a, a very definite, like, we are changing, and it's a kind of a bittersweet ending, like, it's done, mm-hmm. but it's, like, what, and this one is just, like, the very happy, like, yay, we're done, and right. this has been a great movie, and, you know, we can celebrate being superheroes and stuff like that, yeah. and it does feel like a journey, it does feel like you get to the end of this big epic, and you're like, oh, okay, that was, that was right. fun. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think one of the strengths this fic has is that the at any of these last bunch of chapters, and the last ten or so chapters, the second half really is is better than the first half. And I yes. think when you start to get into it and the momentum gets going, and you're just like, okay, I have to read the next chapter. I have to read the next chapter. I have to read the next chapter. And I, I mean. Yeah, so we, we we were originally thinking of doing a wrap-up podcast. We're not going to now. We're kind of going to say our final thoughts here. Um, and, and mine is that the, 
uh, what I've been saying all along is that, you know, fan fiction is a thing that can reflect on how you feel about a certain thing at a certain time. It kind of fills in the holes or makes it a fantasy. And it's not meant to be, um, it's not, it doesn't hold up to literary analysis in the way a lot of public published fiction can be held up to that. I don't want to mm-hmm. say standard because that implies that fanfic is fiction is less and I don't think that. But it's not public it's not polished. It's not edited. It's not um in the way that published fiction is just through the ringer over and over right. again. It's not as mindfully artistic in the way like a lot of you know published fiction that are trying to go for like this artsy feel. Mm-hmm. It's just supposed to be fun and i think right. when you my personal thoughts because you know i've complained through a lot of this um <laughs> i said while my biggest problems are still the characterizations of curtain plane they don't feel like curtain plane but mm-hmm. the story structure and the story that she does and the um the way she does it i think is is a good story Mm-hmm. So, despite my issues with the actual actual characterization, if this was an original novel, I probably would have way less issues with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, that it works better as almost as original characters. Uh-huh. Um, so, I don't know. Bethany, what are your thoughts? Um, I was actually um, really similar to yours. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You know, we started this and we were going to be like, let's, you know, pick it apart and, and really get into it. And then as we as we went along, it was like, but is that fair? Because it is a different piece of literature. It's not um, subject to the same kind of critique we would give another piece of literature. And so in kind of tearing it apart, I feel like we've come off as maybe kind of... Um, judgmental and I don't think that was our intention at all our intention was to really take this story that fandom loves so much and really dissect why and I think that the reason we love it so much is because we love fandom we love fanfic so much and it's interesting and and fun to put these people that we love in different situations and it makes it more interesting Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that when you do that, you keep, you keep harking back to what it, the, the characters that you know, and you, you know, um, mm-hmm. are used to. So we kind of fell into a lot of those, um, those not holds, but those where we were frustrated because we didn't see the characters we love inside right. these characters. Exactly. And um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that it's a good thing, actually. Um, but it also, you know, because like Space Woman was saying, like, it's not, it's not an original piece of fiction. It is a fan fiction. And, you know, we kind of, we love it for what it is. And it came out at this amazing time in our fandom Mm -hmm. where things were hard and really, you know, I don't know if I'd ever want to go back to that point, but it also was very interesting. Like I couldn't wait to get home and check my, 
right creatively it was very creatively inspiring so much like you could never have read everything that was coming out so when a major piece that everybody was loving came out everybody rushed to read it we were talking earlier about like things Mm -hmm. that would update and everybody would go run to read it and i think this is one of those things it's a bookmark in our fandom history right and it is a huge one and it deserves to be there Exactly. And I think like the the big thing is that the spotlight on fandom and the, I mean, we didn't really, I don't think we can't really do justice and that it's something that you have to experience because like mm-hmm. we experience reading stuff on the internet and this is just like reading stuff on the internet and the way mm-hmm. she does, there are a few things. I mean, like I joke about the plot contrivance of how she does like, <laughs> a standard superhero story, but when you read the stuff with the fandom stuff, it's all very organic. And as for somebody who Ranger just wasn't, she didn't do fandom, at least the Glee fandom, the same way. Like, she wasn't active participant on Clean Live Journal other than her thick. And but the fact that she still understood and really got a snapshot. I mean, I know she had been in other fandoms. Um, she was able to really express what being in fandom is like. And even stuff like, you know, uh, I'll shout out to Rainbow Rowell, who is written Fangirl. And while you can still tell that book has been through an editor and been through and doesn't, it just loses something. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't quite capture what being a fan is like, um, or being in a fandom is like, even though she tries and Rainbow, there's no shade at rainbow roll. She's a great author. Um, but it, it can't because it has to be a, to a general audience. Whereas this right. is very specifically, you know, you can tell, you can key smash, you can just be like, you know, just, say weird random things i mean you can say things that people really say and you know in general fiction you may not be able to to use that language or use um or make have it make sense to a general audience member or or whatever okay you have to have a a balance when you're actually going to publish something and you 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 know the the fan fiction stuff is probably the strongest stuff followed by the the genre of the superhero stuff yeah is Mm -hmm. really really great too and she does so many um so many great things within the superhero genre um it it really feels like I'm reading a comic, or it really feels yeah. like she's she's she knows her comic book stuff. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like you know, if like I tried to write a a medical thriller, I would just suck at it because I don't know anything about that world. Um, but uh, Rainjoy knows her superheroes, knows comics, and understands that, right. and, and mm-hmm. is able to get in that. And and like I said, the the and uh, the pro- my biggest issue and. My only huge issue is the characterization of Kurt and Blaine, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, the entire story hangs upon the Kurt and Blaine story. Right. Um, will I read this again? Probably, but not for a long time. But mm. it's not it. It doesn't hold up for me on multiple readings. I think when you mm-hmm. first read it and you first go through it, and it's really exciting. You're in this world, and you and and when you're reading it, not but chapter by chapter like we were, but like all the way through and you just whiz through it, you don't get caught up in the minutia of, um, is Blaine really murdery? Um, Right. Or when you don't read it with a critical eye, like we were reading it to to comment on it. Yeah. And that's a completely different thing than just reading it to enjoy it. So, yeah. So that's where we're at. I don't know. Do you have final thoughts? 
Anything that you'd like to... I mean, I know it's been a heck of a ride, guys, and we, um... I we really appreciate you sticking through it with us. Yeah, we do. Oh, hold up. I'm just stretching. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah, we it's been a lot of fun. It's been hard work at times, but it's yeah. been it's been fun to kind of I like literary now, so I like kind of digging I in. Do. Um Here's the thing, what we're going to do with Gray, uh, because TBD is ending, we're not going to have any Gray podcasts, I'm sorry about that. However, we do have a Discord channel, Mm -hmm. and we were thinking that maybe we could take this, you know, Gray conversation and include you guys in it, and come up with something that we can do, where we can do the whole thing, or we can do a chapter by chapter, or we can do, I don't know, maybe we'll have a Gray month and we'll just read a chapter and every day or every other day and then read right talk about it on the discord channel i mean still we still want to talk about i'm still going to read gray mm-hmm. i think that gray has a lot of fascinating fascinating things in it i think it's both better and worse than this one all the uh-huh. other ghost is kind of like mainstream fan fiction yes. gray is very dark it's it's very dark there are things that i really love about it and there are other there's other things where you know i was frustrated with all the other ghosts with it's gonna get worse mm-hmm. um so um i still would like to have that discussion it just is not going to be on the podcast but um yeah let us know what you guys want to do i'll probably do a poll because you guys don't seem to like to write us so we'll see what happens <laughs> um but yeah, we'll just keep it uh, an eye out for that. Um, meanwhile, I want to thank Bethany for for doing this with me for all of these podcasts and Yay. going through it. Well, thank it's you just... for asking me. You know, it's I love doing things like this, and you know, it's, yeah, it's been an amazing time. Uh, it's been hard. You know, we've both gone through some things, and scheduling has been hard, but we've stuck it out, and it's been awesome. Yeah, and plus we're friends in real life. Yes. Fun fact. I've been to Bethany's house. It's been great. She has. It was fun. I dragged her with my family to go see an eclipse. (laughs) It was fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Bethany, for doing this with me and um, just sticking with me through this and doing a lot of the podcasts and being a great pinch hitter when I've needed it. So, yeah, of course. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the All the Other Ghost podcasts. And yeah. I'm sorry there's not any more. Um, but, you know, as I've been saying, every journey has an ending. Right. And this is ours. So Every every so. journey has a beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah. This is ours. Exactly. So I hope you guys still, we do have a couple of regular podcasts left. Keep an eye out for that. And otherwise, I hope you have a great rest of your night. But now they're okay Only me or my You're the apple of my eye